We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, The Challenge, All-Stars, Fantasy, Game, and Preview. If you want to play in the free Pat Mayo Experience, Challenge, All-Stars, Fantasy League, easy. Hit the description of this video or podcast and find the link in there. Like I said, free to play. All you have to do is pick your first person is going to be your team captain who scores just you know slightly more points than fill out your team. You pick six players from the cast within the salary cap of $1,000. We'll be going over the pricing here in a minute. And then you're good for the rest of the season. You pick your team once, that's it. So uh, it's pretty easy to do. It's pretty low stakes. It's a free contest. Uh, Also, if you hit the description, you will find a link to uh, the new email chain from Mayo Media Network. And here's the thing. If you want to win some bucks, just subscribe to the email list and you're in a draw for 100 bucks. So that takes like three seconds. So you should probably go do that. Smash the like button to this episode as well. We're a spoiler-free zone over here. But you tell me which Male and which female that is not on the cast that you wish was on the cast for Challenge All-Stars. It's an All-Stars season, although it looks like it might be uh, not so much quite like the gauntlet one. A bit more like some of the new school challenges and how tough they're going to be. Joining me, co-host of the Challenge Chronicles and the man that does the pricing and the scoring for the fantasy game, it's Rob McIntyre. What's up? Hey, man. Uh, do not tell my Twitter comments or emails that this is low stakes because uh, I've had many, many threats coming my way. So it seems like people value this pretty strongly. Yeah. If you're out there, don't threaten to throw Rob off the side of a building and like threaten his life if he forgets to count a confessional. It's OK. I swear to God. <laughs> but I mean, apparently not. People are making like side bets on this for like they, I had somebody message me the other day saying that they were like six points behind somebody else in the league and they had like a $300 bet riding on the results of this. So if I didn't shape up that they would uh, be hiring somebody to do some unseemly things towards me. Yeah, you should just find out what their email is and just kick them off the site. And then they automatically lose. Then they're done. You want to be like that? Then this is what you fucking get. 
That's true, but that doesn't necessarily make them stop emailing or Twitter DMing or Twitter commenting me either. Well, I mean, that's what you get for having open DMs. That's why you should close your DMs because nothing good ever leads from open DMs, Rob. I hate to tell you that. But I want to talk about the challenge because I'm excited for the season. Far more than I am for double agents, and I'm not minding double agents whatsoever. But like, I'm actually jazzed up for this one. We'll go over as we basically constructed an entire cast of people that aren't on who should be on that might be better than <laughs> this cast. But let's start with the female side of everything. Uh, just Because there's two names that really stand out, athletically at least, above the rest of everyone and that's Kellyanne she's 230 bucks in the fantasy game and Ruthie who is 220 in the fantasy game obviously Ruthie a lot smaller than everyone else also a lot older than Kellyanne at this point it's been a while since we've seen Ruthie but she's on like the press tour when Mark Long is on Good Morning America Ruthie is there with her so they're really promoting her as one of the faces of the show yeah, press tour is definitely a really good, like, if you see press tour for one of your challenge cast members, that probably means you want them on your fantasy team because they're uh, going to have a pretty big imprint on the show. She and Kellyanne do really stick out as athletic, like an actual athletic presence compared to the rest of these women. Um, it's hard to say exactly how many of the competitions are going to be athletically inclined. Perhaps they're just showing us the ones that are more competitive on the trailer. Then we're going to get them. We're going to get our, you know, itching powder on the treadmill type elimination. So it, it could play out where that's not as big of a factor as we're thinking. Um, but yeah, I think Ruthie and Kellyanne definitely, I almost thought honestly about pricing them like 60 or $70, but everybody else, but just with how the show typically plays out and the fact that they might even be kind of ganged up on here by the rest of these women, uh, that that's not how it shakes out. Well, we don't know what the format is, although the trailer has told us there's only going to be one winner. So it might be in teams for a bit. It could be like half the house, half the house. At least it's not a battle of the sexes season because no one, no one ever wants to see one of those ever again, based at least on the first two times that they put this through. So we're not quite sure how the format of the season is going to go. What we do know is that it premieres April 1st, so Thursday, on Paramount+. Plus the new version of CBS All Access. They've rebranded. They put on way more shows, so it seems like a good time to get in that. I'm in Canada. I have no idea how I'm going to watch this. I'm sure that they're going to make it available on some sort of channel up here, but they haven't said that yet. The one thing that we don't know, although... I think we can take our guess, guesses based on how this new like real world reunion season has been going that they're going to dump an episode once a week on Thursdays at like 3 a.m. in the morning. That is what they're doing, at least for the first episode. And you would anticipate that that's how it's going to be just week by week. Um, it is interesting for you guys. They haven't said anything about how you'll get the episodes. I haven't really looked into it. I just assume it's going to be on my normal TV. Okay. Like most things that are premium access. Like, for example, Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard were both on CBS All Access, but they were on regular TV in Canada. So you didn't need a subscription service. You just needed the channel that they were on. So I'm guessing that Challenger All-Stars in Canada will likely just run on MTV Canada. Oh, really? You think on like the TV channel? Yeah, because the TV, MTV Canada versus like MTV in the US, where all I hear is people complaining about ridiculousness on like 24 7. That's not the case on MTV Canada. Like they show The Simpsons and South Park and like old reruns wow. of stuff. And then whatever new that MTV, like whatever MTV product is out at the time, they'll run in real time. Yeah, you guys are definitely get the good MTV then, uh, getting The Simpsons and South Park versus ridiculousness and deliciousness and whatever else they're running these days. That's not the challenge. Well, the biggest um, thing is, like, all I've heard all season long, and I've actually had to go online to watch a lot of this stuff, is the soundtrack for this season of Double Agents is apparently amazing. Uh, we would never know because... 
after the first run on MTV, like if you're not watching it or buying it off iTunes right away or whatever, wherever you're going to get that, when it gets repurposed and shown in reruns or probably added to the streaming service, like the cost of the music that they're using in these episodes is so expensive that it just gets directly translated over to like, you know, common use music that doesn't cost anything. So they don't have to continue to pay copyright on everything. But that's the version that we already get in Canada. We don't get Bon Jovi in the episode. Yeah, since World of the Worlds won, pretty much, their soundtracks have been, like, seemingly super expensive, really, like, prominent music, really well done. Um, but then they re- once it's repurposed, like, a little bit after the season ends, then they switch around the music and stuff. And they actually have cut out a few scenes, I've noticed, too, in some of the repurposed content. Like, I purchased World of the Worlds 1 and World of the Worlds 2 on my Xbox before um, before they came out, on, before World of the Worlds 1 came out on Paramount+. Plus. And I noticed that the songs were different. There were entire scenes that were missing, like parts of fights were kind of cut out. So they switch around a lot seemingly after the season ends. I wonder, do you think you guys get like the scenes edited out as well then? Uh, I'm really not sure to tell you the truth. I know that we got the full version of the D cut down episode and then all of a sudden that was gone. So that was the episode that we got to watch right away that wasn't available in the U.S. It's probably just a packaging issue where they sent it off to the other countries and they're like, oh, shit. Um, No, here's this new episode that you have to play. And there just wasn't enough time to put the new one in place or they didn't even think about that. But they are pre-editing the international episodes without the soundtrack that you see in America. So I assume those are the versions that they're going to be using after the season ends and they repurpose them somewhere yeah that would make sense it's disappointing for you guys you guys came out good on that one for that one instant but for everything else i, I much prefer the originally aired episode i started to be purposed once like i went back and watched the hunter and georgia versus ashley and chase episode on the downloaded world of the world's one copy that i had and there was like an entire fight that was cut out an entire build up to the fight that was cut out and like the people I was watching it with, it kind of left them in the dark why there was so much history between Hunter and Ashley. So I think the the repurposed episodes could, could use a little bit of a, an update. Well, we'll see what happens if they go big budget on the Music for Challenge All-Stars because it will be exclusive to Paramount+. Plus. And then if that somehow gets repurposed because you would have to pay different copyrights in different countries. I believe that's how the legality of all that works. But anyway, I just want to talk about the season because I'm super fired up for it. So Kellyanne and Ruthie, the two most expensive ones. I think fantasy-wise, you probably stay away from them only because the rest i mean there's a female part of the cast that like you have arissa and hazella both at a hundred dollars it's really hard to know what to make of them at least like if you like the male like equivalents in the pricing are ace and big easy at least you know they're like super fun party time guys or at least they used to be that i don't know if i can make the same case about scoring fantasy points for hazella or arissa and like frankly i can't really remember anything that they've ever done Rissa has the one scene on Sexist too. She was also just really bad on that season. Like the guys were scheming missions to keep her around for the final on Battle for Sexist too. So I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know what she's going to bring to the table. She and Alton were on the same Las Vegas cast. So maybe they'll have some history to play off. Yeah, and Trishel would be on that as well. So yeah, you have oh, yeah, the, you, you have this like middle tier. Like you have Anissa priced at two hundred dollars. Yes, Anissa is back, but now on this season, probably still too high for Anissa. Uh, Kendall, who hasn't been seen since Inferno Two. Do you think they brought her back because Netflix is airing Inferno Two? And it's Inferno One. Oh, is it Infer- oh, she's from Inferno One. She's on the Katie Doyle season. That Katie. Yeah, because that's the it's uh, Road Rules versus Real World that season. She's on Road Rules and wins, and that's when she has. That and like insane, insane elimination where the Miz is screaming at her and then CT screaming at Leah and then David, uh, David jumps into like the elimination pit nude. Like there's a, there's a lot going on with that one. 
I really enjoyed those old eliminate. I hope they bring that that aspect of eliminations back, where it's you, know, you can have whatever sort of competition you want, whether it's like standing on a post, like holding cinder blocks, or like you mentioned, an itching patter on a treadmill, and then that lasts for three hours. So then you have to just get into a skipping competition for thirty seconds. <laughs> but the cast gets to go there and basically have a party while it's going on and get as drunk as possible. I'm there for that. See, I think it's the security as much as anything, right? Like, cause like, like, like for Final Reckoning, for example, Polly has like that one time where he's screaming at Zach and Brad, and then security is just like holding him back from doing anything. I think that just wasn't there back then. So when you have all these people screaming, like, you know, is Johnny Mosley going to get in there and try to rough people up or rough up CTE as he's diving into the elimination pit? I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, but we're not dealing with Polly on this season. We're dealing with a bunch of olds. You feel like, you know, just give them like a, they don't need to be drinking cocktails the entire time. Just get them a nice bottle of red they'll be good to go just give them some rosé and chardonnay on the side and then they'll get pumped up enough for these eliminations yeah so kendall i don't know where she's at as a competitor but she's 190 bucks and you have beth at 180 and as timmy once called her osama beth laden she's back and she looks exactly the same by the way nothing has she may even look younger than the last time that we saw her on the challenge i think she's 52 jemmy is 170 john a is 160 trishel is 140 katie doyle is 120 then you have arissa and hisella both at 100 bucks like I don't know how this is going to play out. Like, if Kellyanne or Ruthie don't win from the female side, I feel like it's wide open for almost anybody. And I saw that Jemmy was training before coming into this, and Kendall still seems like she's in really good shape. And Nisa, we know what sort of shape she's in, so regardless of, like, how taxing this final is, it's probably not going to be an Anissa win. Uh, well, that'd be nice for her to you know leave the main show, go to this one, and end up picking up a win. So I was thinking about going, like, pure drama here. Like, Jemmy knows tv she knows good tv she knows to bring the drama the entire time she's going to score a ton of fantasy points uh, as long as she sticks around for a bit and i kind of feel the same way about trishelle like that is trishelle on reality tv she is there just to cause a ruckus yeah confessionals and politics i think might be the way to play this who's got friends and who's gonna be on tv the most that's probably where i would go just because like we've seen these trailers that have these physical competitions but we don't know what's gonna happen and we also don't know like, what would you set the line on right now if Arissa was up against Katie in an elimination? We didn't know what it was. I'd probably pick Katie. But, like, by how much? Like, 52%? Yeah. Like, it'd be a, almost a pure coin flip. Like, I yeah, would, I, I, think- I would, but eliminations and winning the show is a bit different. Like, sure. I don't know, except for, I, I mean, Beth looks smaller than she used to. Maybe it's just like good pitchers. But, I can't see Anissa unless she gets the same thing that she just had on Double Agents. Like, she'll probably win an elimination against everyone on this cast. Yeah, probably. But, like, what if it's, again, like, what if it's the treadmill? Like, I they, they can, I just I just have no clue what they're going to, because we, we didn't really see any eliminations in that trailer, too. Like, we saw what looked like a lot of missions, but we really didn't see what the eliminations might look like, so... That, that, that could be anything. And we also don't know, too, if there's only going to be one winner, is it going to be a male versus female in elimination? That I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We don't know what the season is. Maybe they make them go in pairs in eliminations and then they whittle down. Maybe they have it like the World of the Worlds one type um, format where it's like teams for a bit, but then there's not teams at a certain point and everyone's by themselves. Who knows uh, how it ends up going? But I don't know. Should I take Beth? 180 bucks? I actually think she has a decent number of friends on this cast too, which is weird for Beth. But like her and Sarah are still buds. Her and Nehemiah are still buds. Um, are her are her and Nehemiah still buds? Like are are they gonna like go back into hooking up? 
that's what I was hoping for. I think she has like kids now though, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I was saying that uh, she had like an Instagram live. I think it was with Nehemiah and Cyrus and said she'd only go on if the two of them were on and then three of them end up being gone. So I, I think the three of them will be kind of like a nucleus. And then, I mean, we'll, we'll see too how the voting even works. Like, is it just going to be house vote? Is it going to be winner's vote? Like we, we just like, we are, we don't know. So I think when we don't, I think when we have this many questions about how this season is going to work to just lean on somebody who's going to have confessionals and is going to have friends in the house is probably the way to go. Yeah. And Beth, as long as she's not out super early and she's a tough out, or at least she used to be, no one really wants to see her in an elimination because her like she was so much bigger than everyone else. You'd think she'd get a ton of confessionals. Like Jemmy seems prime for all of this. Plus Jemmy, pretty sure she's single. Like she might be one of the few people on the cast looking to hook up. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's that's another great play with Jamie. Is that she's somebody who I could see mixing it up uh, relationship wise. Now she was on X on the Peak not that long ago, so still in on a dating show at the very least. Yeah, so Je- I think Jamie's like a lock button for a fail. She might be my team captain. <laughs> do you ever think you'd be saying that for a challenge? So team captain Jamie? No, but it's funny because do you think that they had to change the name of this from We Want OGs or Challenge OGs? I mean, maybe Mark Long owned the copyright to that and they just didn't want to have to pay him. Uh, although he does seem to be like pretty involved with at least constructing this season because you know, it comes out of his idea. He's sort of the face of everything when they're doing the publicity tour. And he's great like to put on Good Morning America. He's very well versed in these sorts of interviews. And, you know, for a 49-year-old dude, he looks like he's 35. So he's the perfect face for this sort of thing. But where you add in John A. and Jemmy into the mix, and even Kellyanne for that matter, that they're not really OGs. So then you just have to call it All-Stars, despite the fact that most people on this cast have not won a challenge? I don't know, man. Like, they had two seasons of Champs versus, and on the Champs team, there was, like, not all champions on it. I don't yeah, think but, really yeah, but I, I accuracy I, of naming. Maybe, but I felt like they weren't taking that so literally as, I mean, they're calling it All-Stars. I guess you don't need, you just need to be a personality, I suppose, in order to be an All-Star. Are you somewhat memorable? Although you have people on this cast who are not memorable whatsoever. But at least in Champs versus Chars, like, the Champs were the people from the challenge. For, like... I would have more problem with stars for some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, remember on Champs versus Stars too, they had like Jose from Big Brother who was the second out and was on a season of the challenge right after that. So I I don't know. I, I don't think they put that much stock into the dynamic. I think Mark Long being involved might be why OGs is not in the title more than anything. So are, are we both kind of lockstep here with Jemmy as a fantasy play at least? Yeah, I think Jeremy's a good play. I man, I really thought about pricing her up too. It was just hard. I mean, with these, like, again, we just have so many questions. But I think, yeah, with, with how many confessionals she'll get, she's still around the show enough. I, I think she's a pretty good play here at 170. And like competition-wise, like she's not a bad competitor by any means. And like I said, it looked like she was getting back into shape before she ended up going on this. And like, really, what Kellyanne's probably a better athlete. Ruthie's probably a better athlete. But I don't think that there's a huge gap. It's not like the gap between Darrell and Ace. Yeah, no, it's not the gap between Darrell and Ace. Um, she was actually pretty capable on Vendettas, too, going back to Jemmy. So uh, I think, I think yeah, I think she'll be okay competition-wise. I just, I'm really skeptical of how athletic these competitions are going to be. One, I'd figure they'd want to keep this a little bit cheaper budget than the main show. The draw with this is really the cast members versus what they're like doing. So I don't think it would make that much sense for them to really spend up on these missions. 
And like, I mean, we're going to have like Beth trying to run the world, the world's one final. Like, just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. No, I, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, that's a pretty extreme outlier as that was the most intensive final of all time. But, you know, we've seen some on recent seasons that aren't super intensive. I would guess that it's somewhere in the middle of champs versus stars and the regular challenge. I would see leaning a little bit more towards champs versus than the regular show. I would think it's more towards that end. I just think you're. But not knowing how these people are going to compete, you're leaving yourself liable to a lot of Josh versus Michi situations if, if you just have super athletic competitions. So who else? Katie Doyle, one twenty. Yeah, it's not a bad play. She's a bigger. Do you think the move is to go bigger names here, or would you be looking more so at these more indiscriminate cast members? Uh, well, when we get to the male side of things, I do think that there is a tier of guys that you might just want to roll the dice on because I think that one of them will probably end up doing well, and we just. Don't really know anything about them. Why is Johnny 160 bucks exactly? Oh, she's newer. She actually wasn't bad when she was on the main show. She was a better competitor um, probably than Jemmy was when she was around. She's younger. She's, I don't know, mix it up a little bit more. Like, how, like who, would you have, uh, who would you have put her under? Would you have put her under Katie? I would have put her around the same as Katie. Like, I'd have her behind Trishel. Well, the, another issue was, too, with the way the pricing worked out, like, I need to have one person each from 110 up to 200 for like the math on my end to shake out for how I usually do the pricing. So that's, that's why, for example, you'll see what's more of a spread in these pricings than you would normally with how little, how little this cast is. All right. So yeah, Trishel, is it Trishel, Hizella and Alton were all from real world Vegas one. Uh, Trishel, Arissa and Alton. Arissa and yeah. Alton. Okay, it's nice to see Alton back. Let's go to the male side because the top is pretty stacked and then it kind of falls off a cliff. Mark Long is by far the highest price player. He's 320 bucks, which I think is wildly overpriced considering Derek and Darrell are 240. They're $80 less and they're probably better competitors at this point. Alton is 210 and Nehemiah is 190. I think Nehemiah is closer to that tier than he is because Cyrus is the next highest price guy. He's 170. I think Nehemiah is closer to Alton at this point in his life than he is to Cyrus, who Cyrus is like 49, I think. Yeah, no, Cyrus is old. There, there really is a drop off after Nehemiah with these guys where it's like Nehemiah and then with Cyrus, we, like Cyrus has been gone since the ruins. Like we just have no track record with the rest of these guys. So I think Nehemiah at 190 is a pretty good play. With Mark Long, it's just everybody I contacted, their first name out of their mouth with who they're going to pick is Mark Long. Everybody says Mark Long, Mark Long. It's like Johnny on the main show. It's like when you like are betting in the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA betting market where that, I think the Lakers had a stretch of seven years where they were 10 wins below their win total on average. Like that's the situation we're looking at with Mark Long. I could price him at any price. He would still get 20% ownership. Yeah, I think you're a bit too inside baseball for this one because you have to remember that a lot of people who will be playing the fantasy game for this or even tuning into this have no experience with any of these people outside of probably Darrell, Derek, Kellyanne, and Jemmy. I'm guessing like if you've watched the past six seasons and you really like the challenge, like those are probably the only people, you know, unless you've gone back uh, and you're talking to someone who's 35 plus who remembered these people, or they're like you, who's like 19 years old or whatever the fuck you are and have just for whatever reason, gone back and watched 37 seasons of the challenge and do a podcast about it. Maybe so, but like, okay, like let's say when you're like looking at a football set, you see Travis Kelsey, who's priced $1,500 more. Is your immediate inclination to just disregard him or are you like, oh, he's priced up that much. He's probably worth picking. Oh, it depends on what the pricing of the next few guys behind him are. Like, let's say Travis Kelsey was $1,500 more than George Kittle. I'd be like, I'm just going to play George Kittle. He's cheaper and he's like the same guy. 
Yeah, but we're talking about people who don't know anything, as you said, like people who aren't that familiar. I, I think sometimes when you're just wading into something, you see the guy who's on Good Morning America and you're like, well, I'll probably want to pick him no matter what his price is. Yeah, but I, if that's the extent of what you know, that you saw him on Good Morning America, I don't think you're the type of person who's going to go seek out a fantasy game about it. Well, but like, who, what do you just, think is the average just, person playing just, this game just, then? Just, just say you're wrong. You did bad pricing. You just get admitted. We'll see where his ownership comes out of. Where do you think it's going to come out at as? Lower than Derek and Darrell's. Okay, fine. But where do you think it's going to come out at as? Like, you think it's going to be like 4% or do you think it's going to be higher than that? Yeah, it'll probably be like 15%. Yeah, 15% is high. No, it's not. Not when there's 22 people and you have to pick six. Well, I'm saying not high, but 15% is like if that's your lower range price player, like that's fine. Like that's not like 15% is not unowned. It's pretty low owned considering Derek and Darrell will be like 40, 50% owned. 40 to 50. I don't think it's going to be that big of a spread. Maybe look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I've been doing this for a while now. And look, I haven't seen this is this much buzz around like, like I haven't seen this much of like asking people who they're going to pick. Everybody says Mark Long. Like it's it's without question. Well, how many people have you actually asked? Like three people? Six or so. No, oh, good sample. Uh, aren't you a data? Well, six is a decent are, sample. Are, everybody says. Don't yes. you don't you work with data in your real life? Yeah, but like, I, unfortunately, I don't have access to as much data uh, for challenge pricing. But no, so, so you're the putting your response. You're putting all your stock into something that is a very small sample based on the very personal people that you're asking about this, who probably know all about the challenge. I would assume I would assume the person who's playing this is going to be somebody who either a knows a lot about the show is going to know Mark Long was super involved in the production and would want to pick him or b somebody who doesn't know as much about the show sees the guy in Good Morning America hears about how he's involved he's the one doing all the interviews then they're going to want to pick him. Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. Most people are going to play this because they've just watched this show uh, and I tell them to sign up. That's how they're going to find out about it. Let's take Paul as a perfect test case for this. Who started watching the challenge? What like? five, six years ago, and we, we talk about it on the show, uh, and you have no experience with probably, I'm going to guess, 80% of this cast ball? That would be correct. Do you even know who Mark Long is? I've heard the name. Do you know who Derek is? Yeah. Do you know who Darrell is? On, Derek was on the show. Yeah, Derek was on the show, so yeah. So I had to switch that show. That's how I got <laughs> introduced to Derek Kaczynski. But like, ha- if it's just is you... Is he related to Ted? Yeah, I, no, that's. Let's hope not. I don't, I don't think that's. Is his last name Kaczynski? Isn't it something like that? No, uh, no, it's spelled differently. But there's a lot of like I have a friend whose last name is similar to that. Like there's a lot of people. There's a K and then it ends in ski and then in between there, you know, whatever. Just a lot of Polish people over in America, knowing Rob apparently involved with the challenge somehow, and just some the tentacles are out there. But if it was you, Paul, and you just had to kind of go through this cast talking about the names that you recognize, at least, and who you think would be good and who would not be good, who would it be? I don't have... Oh, wait a second. I don't have the cast in front of me here. Um, well, that's not great. No. Like, Darrell, it- D- Darrell or Derek would be your pick, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, Darrell competes against the big boys these days. Got dusted by Corey. Darrell would be the pick. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk double agents for a second, I think the producers rigged Corey and Darrell's elimination to give Corey the one elimination he could win, just like they rigged the Big T and Nisa one to give Big T the one elimination she could win. Well, if they do, if Corey and Darrell do the one that Big T and Anissa did, who do you think wins? Darrell. Yeah, absolutely Darrell. Darrell wins every other, I mean, unless he can't do the puzzle, which he's already done. It's not like Corey is some sort of puzzle master that 
Darrell's athleticism wins out in everything else because everything else has to do with strength, not just like that competition just came down to who can sprint 40 meters the fastest. Yeah, I mean, that's the second time really Corey's beaten Darrell in a sprinting competition. So we know he's got him beat there. Look, you won't find a bigger Darrell fan than me. Like, I think he's pretty, like, I, th- I think Darrell's like a top three or top four competitor all the time. I think Darrell's just so well-rounded that he's good at everything. He's just not, also, he's just not going to, like, do that much in the house or get that many confessionals. Like, Derek usually doesn't get that many confessionals either. Mark Long is like the eight-tool player. Like, he's just in everything. Sure, but I don't think that he'll end up with substantially more. Con- like, Darrell's confessional game was solid on double agents. Like, he's just hilarious. So, you might, like, Alton isn't going to get too many confessionals. Alton, I, I don't even know what to make of Alton. Like, if Gauntlet 2 Alton returns, then he's going to be by far the best guy in this house. But all the last few times that we've seen Alton, he just hasn't been that guy, whether it be Inferno 3, uh, was it Battle of the Seasons, he just wanted to leave. Uh, at least this feels like more of his vibe. He'll at least know people. Yeah, Alton's kind of like a secret one-year wonder. Like, I feel people don't really realize that about him, but he's amazing on Gauntlet 2. Like, breathtaking performances and eliminations and missions. He's amazing at everything. But then, like, on Inferno 3, he's he's solid. He's, no, like, above average. His, his problem on Inferno 3 wasn't that he wasn't good. It's just he wanted his team to be really good for whatever reason. It was super different, deferential to everyone else. Like, that's when like, he was on he was on the good guys team with Bananas somehow. And, like, Bananas wanted a bigger role. And then Ace wanted a bigger role. And he was just like, yeah, go do what you got to do. But, like, <laughs> just even him sacrificing himself to go into elimination for other people. Like, part of the problem with the good guys team that year is they kept too many of their crappy players because alton kept bailing them out i wouldn't put that on him as much that was more Susie, like just mind warping her team into continually throwing eliminations for her so she never had to go in yeah but even before that even at the beginning of the season alton wanted to keep everyone as many people on the team as possible like that's why he kept davis around um for when he ended up doing that who did who did alton end up going into the elimination was it tyree he ended up going against i mean yeah it was elimination against tyree tyree doesn't even get like one block stacked on the thing before alton finishes his puzzle like it's not look it was not close at all alton dusted him in that elimination and like I mean, I, yeah, he, look, he's not leading a team here, though. So maybe that goes into his advantage where he, he doesn't have that West cutthroat instinct that would uh, hurt him in that situation. Yeah. And on battle of the seasons, he just straight up didn't want to be there. So it's really yeah, hard. No. hard there's, to there's no Zach around this season. So yeah, I don't think it was just Zach. I think it was like Frank. It was Zach. And like he was an old man on a cast with like 22 year olds. Yeah. So this seems like it'll be much more his speed. I think he'll be pretty good here. It's, it is going to be interesting to see. Like how much leverage they give him to compete again? Because um, like we, have, I, I think he'll be good. I, I, it'll just be interesting to see also too, like politicking wise. Like how much do you think? Like you think there's gonna be a lot of like alliance and like cutthroat gameplay politics wise, or is everybody gonna kind of be more jovial in a champs versus sense and almost want to go into eliminations? I mean, there's 500k on the line, so I think your event. I think it's gonna start out pretty jovial pretty jokey and then it'll start getting whittled down and then people will get backstabbed then it'll get super serious like it always does that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because like Derek and mark long both have so many connections on this cast they're gonna have to sever a few of them if, if things come down to it sure i mean mark long is the king of cutting the side deal he might even throw an elimination to get himself cut in on the winner that's true i mean you think he's I mean, he was so involved in the production of this that, like, if that if that's occurring, that could be a real problem for him this time around. But he, he is very, very notorious for that. I, that. I've always had a theory that that's almost why, like, he hasn't been casted as much as you would think. 
I, I think that would make sense too, but I think he also wanted to continue to establish his real career, which kind of runs parallel to the challenge at the same time, whether it be working, I think he works for NBC somewhere in Florida, but he does like reality TV casting. Like he's big on that. So he's behind the scenes production wise too, that, you know, it's, it's also really hard to get away when you're a real adult for three months to go do the challenge. Yeah, typically. Obviously, now we're in a you know a pandemic, so things are a little bit different. Uh, but well, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, things are different because of the pandemic. But this is also what a two two and a half week shoot. Like that's great. Yeah, that's that's why this fits for a lot of people. That's, unfortunately, someone like Coral, for example, apparently still wasn't able to find the time to do it. Uh, with him, I mean, but he was also in like the mix. He had casting on Bloodlines. I remember he had a few other seasons where he was kind of around for. So it seems like they just didn't want to use him for a while. Yeah, the same thing seems to happen with Derek as well. Like, I think he's been an alternate on two of the newer seasons. Like, doesn't everyone want to see Derek on the show? Do you think there's like a secret sort of agent game with a lot of this that we just don't see? Like, is there like a Rich Paul or Amino Raiola of the challenge that's like getting all these people casted on that otherwise we wouldn't want on? I think that there is. There is some sort of agency behind a lot of it, but I don't think it has so much to do with the like challenge either veterans or people associated with the real world or even road rules at this point, or probably even are you the one. But I do think that there is a casting agent who probably takes Amazing Race, Big Brother, these British shows, and kind of picks the cream of the crop clients that they want to put out there to try to get onto the challenge. I do think that's a real thing. Yeah, I think... Now it can be, I could see why it's a little bit harder for one of them to get on just because you would think, you would think most people that would watch, like would want Derek or Darrell to be on would be watching anyways. Maybe that's not the case. And we'll see with this show, if this show rates way better than the main show does, maybe that's not the case. Um, but like back in like Bloodlines days when like Dario and Rafi are getting casted, you wouldn't want like Mark Longer or Derek to take that spot. I think that they were just so big on trying to pump up Are You The One at that point that they just really wanted to go heavy on Are You The One and try to give them some sort of showcase to get more people to watch that show. And I just don't think all it's funny because we've had some really good Are You The One people stick, but we had so many of them thrown at us and we're, you know, they were outsiders. They weren't real world. They weren't road rules that the bad ones just seem so bad. Yeah, there was a lot of just dead, dead weight. They seem to not have. I think they have a pretty good idea of what shows they should be casting from, but it seems like who they pick often is kind of hit or miss. Like Victor getting gone before Polly from Big Brother was odd. And then now with Are You The One, but also like have has like Hunter being good on the show or Devin or Cam being good on the show. Have, has you like gone back and watched their Are You The One seasons? No, absolutely not. I tried to watch the first season of Are You The One. I was like, this is horrible. I'm not watching this ever again. <laughs> Oh, um, I watched the second chances season. That's the one that's kind of like fake the challenge. Where yeah, but, that, that, but, that, but that's not characters. are you the one that's more like the challenge than anything. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying is that the competitive aspect is actually interesting instead of them just like picking out these matches, which if you, they knew how to do basic statistics could be done very quickly. Is that how Devin ended up winning? Well, I mean, it took him to the last week. So eventually he stumbled into it, but it, it took him much longer than it should have. So I actually heard the last season of Are You The One, the one that Amber from this season came from was actually pretty good. I think it was like the the pansexual Are You The One. So it gave a lot, it could be a guy or a girl that you were matched up with. So it was just like, there was there was far more calculations that had to go into it. Yeah, that one that one would actually be a lot harder to pick out, honestly, because you don't just have the, the two groups you're picking between. That I, I haven't even like barely looked into reception for these seasons, honestly. I would occasionally do like some challenge scouting. Like if I see somebody coming on, I'll, you know, check them out on either one, see if they were crazy or if they're just kind of wallpaper. But beyond that, like I just 
I don't know. I don't have the time to watch these shows. You seem like such a time, such a time commitment. Yeah, and you're still watching like Survivor and Big Brother, aren't you? Uh, I watch Survivor. Like Survivor depends on the season for me. Like Survivor Kageon or Fears vs. Villains, both on Netflix. Those are both excellent. But like, there's some seasons that are pretty bland. Big Brother, Big Brother really is a time commitment. Like that, that it's like on three times a week, and yeah. they have people watching the live feeds all day. Like, what what are we doing, people? I, I remember, uh, you know, before I met my wife, my girlfriend before that was big on watching the Big Brother After Dark at like one o'clock in the morning. Like, what the fuck are you watching? Oh, like, what is this? Like, she she was all in on Big Brother. I just really couldn't get into it then we tried to do like a fantasy game meanie and i one year because meanie's super into it and i was like this is on three times a week like it's the same reason that i stopped doing the bachelor fantasy it's like i don't have four hours a week to dedicate to watch the stupid fucking show and then do a show on it like, i just don't care that much the bachelor just became the first it, it, it was the bachelor is like american idol to me where the first two episodes are kind of hilarious and then you never want to watch it again exactly same thing yeah first like first four episodes of the bachelor i can do after that like it just comes too slow pace and sappy and it's just not it's just not for me at the beyond that point um they've had some pro- other problems too lately apparently so i i think that franchise could really be headed for a downturn yeah i mean this would be the point for my agent out there if you're watching you know if chris harrison's not coming back to this job why don't you put pat mayo into this job i mean i wouldn't mind that the people would love it if chris harrison was a former sportscaster before why not go get another one Oh, apparently it hasn't worked out that well. Maybe they want to go a different route, unfortunately. It's time once again to tell you all about Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal, one of the best parts about being a kid. But ever since I switched to Magic Spoon, I don't mind eating some cereal anymore because it's not full of sugar, that other junk that you don't eat. It's a great snack. It can be a great breakfast. And I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food in general. So that means I basically can't eat anything. And, you know, I tried protein shakes and, like, powders. And, listen, I'm not a bodybuilder. That stuff's not really for me. But I did find this was a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. So that's working out for me. There are zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving of Magic Spoon, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news, friends. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. We're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. That sounds awesome. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can for a limited time or just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I recommend fruity because those are awesome. I would just get fruity and eat those all of the time. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships to Canada as well. And you can do other things by mixing stuff together. Mix cocoa with peanut butter and it tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup, except it's super nutritious. So you have that going for you as well. Go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use my promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code mayo at checkout. 
And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for whatever reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. TV host is like the best job though, right? I would think so. Like being the main host of like a traveling show like that, like TJ has the best gig in TV because he films maybe 20 minutes. Actually, that's not fair. Whatever the length of the challenge and the eliminations are, once every two, three days, like that's it. And then he just gets to hang. Yeah, he's on like what, 16 seconds an episode? Yeah. And I mean, I'm still convinced that half of his lines are green screened and 80 yard after the fact. (laughs) I mean, it's better than like Mosley, who 80% of his lines were green screen. Yeah, so. but, but the challenge actually figured that out at some point because there was a point where it was very clearly because green screen technology, it just wasn't that great, especially on location to try to get it to match that you could very see, you could see very clearly that he was delivering his lines well after the fact. I think he delivers all of his lines after the fact now. Like he, he goes through and explains the rules to them and then they go back to the audio booth afterwards. That's why you see like they'll get a few front on clips of him saying what's going on. But whenever you see like the back shot of TJ and the crowd is out there, that's all recorded in post just to make everything more efficient. So maybe it takes him nine minutes to explain the daily mission to the cast. But if you had it scripted for the audience, it would only take 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Because you have to think that there's some times on the show where the cast is like, I have a question about that. How often do you think they answer the question? I feel like a lot of times they just leave them in the dark. No, see, I, I like what if it was something like safety regulation or something like that? Okay, like, sure. you know that there have to be questions that come up that they have to answer. Yeah, and that's fair. That definitely in that regard. Um, I mean, with TJ, even though like like there's like War of the Worlds two, they changed the title in post, so every single time it's introducing a mission, they're cutting to the green screen afterwards. It's just like you think they could like pick it up at this point. They've been doing this for so long, they yeah. can't get it where we're just green screening constantly. No, because you, you you want to spend your day, like the the most important part of your filming day is not going to be TJ introducing the challenge. Like half the time, like they'll, they what they probably end up doing to get it much better now is he runs through everything that's going on. Uh, they can shoot him from the front and everything like that. And then you'll see the back clip of him talking to everyone. But what they probably do is after all of the contestants leave and like go to start the daily mission and everything like that. They probably keep the cameras all set up in the same spots on TJ with no one there. And then he runs through it again. And then they can pick and choose which ones they want to use. Yeah. How, how much do you think he gets paid? Is he a producer on the show as well? Like, does he get some sort of like, I don't know what the producing credits are. It's like Chris Harrison started making exponentially more money on the bachelor. Once he got like producer credit on the bachelor. Yeah, it's funny. I think he's basically the only reality TV show host that's not also a producer. Like, Probst is a producer. The guy from Amazing Grace is a producer. Julie Chen from Big Brother, I'm pretty sure, is a producer. Um, and, but what's also funny is he introduces everything as, like, his final, his mission, his elimination, his season, his twists. And he's, like, the only one who doesn't actually have a producer credit. Are we sure that he doesn't have a producer credit? I'm pretty positive he doesn't have a producer credit. Listening to him in postseason interviews, it does not seem like he has a producer credit. Okay. How much does he get paid? I'm going to guess like 300K a year. Maybe. 300K a year for 16 seconds of screen time? Like, yeah. come on, man. I, I I can do that for like a third of that. Yeah, but no one cares about you, Rob. People oh, love that. They didn't care about him before before he came on. Hey, listen, he was a he was a BMX. Was he an X Games gold medalist? 
Oh, look, I don't know. I think he was he was like biking around. Apparently, you, you uh, can't even do this show without tapping your mic and making huge bass sounds the entire time. How are you gonna read? Uh, a, how are you gonna get, read off a green? How are you gonna read off a prompter? Well, I just got the new mic. I'm adapting to. Like he had to adapt to reading the rules and not getting bullied by Cyrus when he uh, has a bad call on elimination. I didn't really feel like I, TJ never backed down from me. The only person he ever backed down from was when CT was losing his mind on the duel. And he was just like, you need to chill out, bro. <laughs> yeah, he let, he let Wes uh, take care of that one. What I'm curious, we really should have been tracking this on our show. When did like, this, they really ramp up the security? Because there was a while where it was pretty much just the Wild West and like people would be going after people and they wouldn't have anybody stepping in besides other cast members. I mean, Duel 2, when CT beat the shit out of Adam, like the security couldn't stop that from happening, at least the punch, but like they were there chasing him around. Yeah, so Duel 2, because Duel 1, they don't have security, right? Because that fight in particular, I just only remember Wes getting involved. I don't remember any other security getting involved. But there was no need for security on it, though, because no one, like, CT was so, like, Wes was way behind the barrier on Duel 1 yelling at CT. So unless they thought that CT was going to, like, leap over something, run across the little thing, and then jump up to where they were, like, they were probably pretty good. So they probably had security. They just didn't feel the need to interject them into the season. There became a shift at some point where they incorporated producers onto it. It's like, oh, you got to talk to the producer to get out of here, or security steps in. Like, this became a part of the show. I think they were probably always there. Yeah, maybe they're just more present uh, on Duel 2 when they kind of have to be. I'm just looking at it right now. TJ, according to this website, CelebrityNetWorth.com, it doesn't give a salary for his challenge appearances, but apparently he's worth $9 million. $9 million? Really? That's like so much more than anybody else in the cast, pretty much. Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Like more than, Well, but more than like what Johnny and Wes are making between that and like outside stuff? I mean, I would bet you Banana's net worth is probably up around like nine, ten million. Look it up. I, I, I would bet you it's way less than nine million. Maybe it's a more now. I haven't checked it in a while. He's got a lot more going on now. But I'm pretty sure he and Wes and he and Wes both have a ton of stuff going on outside the show. In addition to probably being the highest paid cast members on the show, so you would think that they have a super high net worth. But I don't think it's that. According to this, Johnny Banana's net worth is two hundred thousand dollars, which is just not true. Well, so I think I yeah, I think they're wrong on the TJ one then probably too. But they're overshooting it by that much? Like, I don't know. Let's see. Um, Nine million is a lot of money. It isn't. It isn't. Not not if you're on TV. It's not. Like, what are well, T- what are TJ Lavin's expenses in his life? I suppose that's true. He was trying to be a firefighter at one point. Um, I think he just he just does stuff that he thinks is thinks is cool. It's funny. He would he did even interview once where he was talking like. He always felt this was going to be his last season of the show. Like, you know what I mean? Like every time he would go on, he never felt like he would be on for the next one. And then now eventually he switched to being on a ton. If he's making nine, if he's got a $9 million net worth from hosting the challenge and being on for 20 seconds while being in all these exotic locations, he can happily give that gig to me. I mean, there could be a thing too. When he got into that accident and he was in the coma, maybe he got a huge insurance settlement. Oh, that's a good point. That's actually a really good point. Because his career was probably insured. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a very good call. That might be some of it. Nine million is, I mean, maybe, look, maybe I'm just wrong. I, look, I, again, I asked the question because I have no clue. So maybe he has not had $9 million net worth. Yeah, so maybe he's like secretly an executive producer on the show. Because if he was, he would be worth like 20 million bucks. That's fair. I really just, did, did it say he has a producer credit when you looked that up? I really don't think he does. I, I didn't look it up. Yes, Paul. I found a, uh, as of March, 2021. So unless things have been good to Johnny Bananas during the pandemic, 
Johnny Bananas has a net worth of $1 million. But things have been good for Johnny Bananas during the pandemic. $8 million good? What's that? $8 million good? I mean, that figure that seems be very low. Anyway, maybe, well, maybe, maybe he bought a whole bunch of AMC and maybe. dumped I mean, it at the right time. Dur- during the <laughs> pandemic, he has won the challenge. He continued filming his first look TV show. He has a new TV show on NBC that's debuting this week after Saturday Night Live. So that's three TV shows. And he won like a bonus for winning the challenge. And I would imagine his cameo and merchandising, which they probably don't factor in, probably makes him a million, maybe a couple million a year. So what you're saying is the IRA should be having a look into Mr. Bananas. Here. I don't know about the IRA um, because this isn't a North-South <laughs> Ireland conflict. Oh, yeah, the IRS, I- maybe. <laughs> IRS, that's what, my bad. My bad. Yeah, we don't need a Johnny He's Bananas a- Bloody Sunday on the go. That wouldn't be great. Yeah, the, the IRA is looking into whatever like Theo is up to now. That's probably what they're doing. Uh, I mean... I think it's probably lower than you think in terms of his. Maybe look, maybe not. He and West, you would have to assume a lot of these higher level uh, like cast members make a ton off their cameo. Because I know from like Rogan and Tori talking about it, they say they can't even manage all of the requests they get. No, and that's that's what I'm thinking. Like I know how much I make from cameo a year. Um, and I assume Johnny Banana is more popular than Pat Mayo. I know what I make from merchandising a year. I assume Johnny Banana sells a lot more than I do. I know what I make for like influencer paid posts per year. I assume Johnny Bananas makes a lot more than that. And then I just try to factor it out by the amount of celebrity he has over me, which is pretty substantial. And even if you'd like cut that in half of what I think it is, it's still a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it would seem like it is a lot of money. Maybe that's what you should be doing, Patrick. You should be like uh, the auditor for these uh, celebrity net worth companies that seem to be, be very bad at their job. Yeah, but those sites don't make any money. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're all looking it up now. How much money do you think they make? How much does the guy that owns celebritynetworth.com, what's his net worth? Probably not high. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think uh, $9 million for TJ, I think is pretty strong. I would say, like, you would think that they're making a lot more money with this show now just with how much more publicity they have that you would think that raises everybody's votes, right? Yeah, well, how much do we think that Bananas gets paid per season just to show up? Like 150K? Yeah, I think he and he, West and CT are all somewhere in that range. Yeah, so, I think, and, um, and now Bananas is at the point where he doesn't want to do it anymore, which probably means that he's getting paid more for the other stuff. That's true. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Um, yeah, maybe it's not... 150k probably is about right. There have been a lot of people saying that a lot of the cast members massively overreport how much they make. Like when Bear was back on, apparently he was overreporting how much he was getting on by like a massive amount of money. Um, so I don't know, but I, I for the three of them, you think there are such titles of title faces of the show, they're making a, a pretty decent chunk of change just for showing up. No, but I think that Bananas has done the best job of monetizing all of that, and like I, I can't really speak to what like Wes's outside incubator actually makes and how much he makes off that i mean he could make a ton of money off that that could just be him out there talking about it and that's why he gets paid because he goes out there and talks about it to bring attention to it and like he barely owns anything of it i don't think ct is worth that much money at all if i had to guess i think pretty much all of his just comes directly from the show he doesn't i mean he like doesn't really have a twitter like he, he's really not uh much of a presence outside of just being on the show at all no, exactly. Where Bananas has his hands in every single avenue that you can get into to generate profit. Like, 
I, I just remember, I forget where he was talking about it, but like him, his mom, his sister all kind of run the Johnny Bananas merchandising type stuff. Like that's all a homegrown business. Like they're the, everything goes to like their place. They're the one who packages that, packages it up. They send it out. So like he's keeping a big percentage of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he's done pretty much the best job of any of these guys. Like I, I even like from other shows, he's does an amazing job of monetizing himself. So I think uh, he could also be making some extra money just teaching like a master class or something on monetizing your public image. Yeah. Uh, rest of the cast, because we are here to talk about Challenge All-Stars, just not about what these people are worth. Nehemiah, I mentioned, he's 190 bucks, So he's behind Mark, Derek, Darrell, and Alton in terms of the pricing. Like I mentioned, he's $20 more than Cyrus. I think Nehemiah, almost like Jemmy, just might be a play here. Yeah, Nehemiah is somebody I feel pretty confident in, too. He's somebody going back and watching him on the older seasons. He was always very good. Like, he was never had the image of, you know, one of the higher-level competitors. But anytime he lost, it was always in, like, a weird, dopey elimination, like I can from the duel. Or on the elimination he does against Evan, he's very close to beating him, for one, and Evan's an exceptional competitor. And then also there's, like, some rules machinations that Evan kind of uh, dodges during the elimination. Um, so I, I think he's definitely a very good play from a competitive perspective. And like we said, he's friends with, uh, he's friends with Beth. In the trailer, you can see him mingling with Jemmy. I, I think he's a really good play here. Yeah, like, I, I'm just looking up who, people that I would think that have a lot of money. Like, Ron Howard is apparently only worth $200 million. I would figure it would probably be more than that. You think that these net worth places are just out of line and they don't know what they're doing? I think the people just make them up. <laughs> like it's just one of us just deciding to put in two hundred million for Ron Howard's net worth. Yeah, how is anyone ever going to check these? It, they, they couldn't get Trump's taxes, but they, they're going to find <laughs> Ron Howard's when no one's looking. Uh, that's a good call. It's also like that would you think that would change so frequently, just depending on like what they're invested in or what companies they're a part of. So like. How are you even going to keep track of it even if you do have a good gauge on it? Exactly. So the rest of the cast here, Cyrus is sort of in this like in-between period uh, in terms of pricing. He's 170. That just He's not that good. He was never that good. So I can't imagine that pushing 50, he's going to be all that great uh, unless it is a valet car parking challenge where you know he was a valet parker for six months uh that which makes him better than ace at pushing down a clutch and taking off the e-brake apparently uh which i mean ace was the worst at that then you have this the tier that i was talking about at the very beginning letarian 150 yes 130 and tech 110 it feels like if you can pick the right one of those guys because we just don't know anything about them anymore that they could be really good for all we know yeah, I mean, Yes was literally on like one episode of the main show. She, he and Veronica were the first team eliminated on Battle of the Seasons 2002. Never appeared on any other season. So we just have zero track record of him. Like, I think, yeah, you're, you're just gambling with one of those three. I mean, maybe Tech's the play because he's he's probably the biggest name of the three, right? Tech versus Yes or Letarian. And then he's also the cheapest. So, uh, What was Yes from? What was he was it? from Road Rules Semester at Sea. Oh, he was. So he was on that season with Veronica. Was Darrell yeah. on that season? No, Darrell wasn't on that season. No, no, no. Darrell was, Darrell on, was on Campus Crawl. With Shane. Yeah, he, he's with Shane and Rachel and um, somebody See. else. Oh, uh, Sarah Grayson. I, I'm, on, I'm on Yes's Instagram right now. He's an architect. He has some nice work. Oh, maybe he, he maybe they help him. He helps them design the missions. Then he's got the edge. There you go. So I'm gonna, let's see tech Instagram. Let's see how this works out. Tech Instagram challenge. Tech Holmes. There he is. What's he up to these days? He was from Real World Hawaii, right? Yeah, he's on the same season as Ruthie. 
Oh, man. You're a good thing that Ruthie didn't run him over in a drunk driving collision. <sighs> it's crazy. I, I actually watched Real World Hawaii not so long ago, and it is insane oh. what was going on. Like, Ruthie had a massive drinking problem on that show, and, like, she would just get the, the producers like, no, you shouldn't be driving. Like, it was back in the time when, like, it was a documentary. Like, the, the there is no intervention from producers and things like that. And so she's just behind the wheel of a car, just shit-faced. Man, that's just so different from what the show is now. Like, and you know, the thing is, even thinking about her character, like, it just doesn't seem like something you remember. No, but I think... It's kind of like Landon in that way, right? Yeah, like, Landon was a huge drunk on Real World Philadelphia. Like, him and MJ. I mean, MJ could do it, but Landon would just get, like, blackout drunk the entire time. Then when he showed up on the challenge, he had the one, like, messy night when he got his head shaved and, like, fought with Derek on the roof in Inferno 2. But other than that, like, he was pretty clean cut the entire time. Yeah, it's funny how that, I mean, maybe it's just age, man. It just changes you, I guess. Well, but I think, and probably seeing yourself on TV too. I I think that Ruthie, after Real World Hawaii, ended up becoming like an addiction counselor. I think that's what she does. I think Landon did too. I think I remember seeing him that he gave some speeches at some college campuses about it. Oh, so Tech has a picture with him. Is that Big Easy with him? Or is that just like generic fat white guy in a bucket hat (laughs) next to him? I can't tell. Either way, Tech looks Uh, like he's still in great shape. Oh, maybe I underpriced him then. What are, yeah, Big Easy at $100 too. I, I'm curious how popular he'll be. I would, so Ace and Big Easy are both $100 a piece. So if you want to pay for like Mark Long and Darrell, you're going to have to take probably two of those guys or two of the $100 players between the guys and the girls. Big Easy could be a really good value in this game if he's still party guy Big Easy because he's going to be hard to eliminate either way. He's not going to win, but you know, there's only one person who is going to win. So what's the big deal at that point? You're hoping that if you pick Derek and Darrell that they win, and then Big Easy's just in the finals because he wins a whole bunch of eliminations and just cracks beers the entire time. You'd think you'd want to keep him around, too, for the final, no matter pretty much what it is, right? That or you use him to try to knock out one of the big guns because if it's anything that has to do with size, he's probably going to win. Yeah, and it's like you could use Darrell to knock out Derek, then you still have to deal with Darrell, right? Like you can't like he he's the one you could use to knock out everybody else, then you're not worried about him in the final, whereas the rest of them you would be. Exactly. Like if yeah, if you use Derek or Darrell to knock out one of each other, then you use Big Easy to get rid of them or get rid of Alton. Like Nehemiah's still pretty he's not as jacked as he used to be, but he's still pretty big. Yeah, no, he if you go back and look at the at rivals, he's like huge on rivals. So he's not that size. Um See, funny, it seems like going back to Rivals, there's a lot of cast that, like, Wes is huge on Rivals. There's a lot of cast that's just big. Well, um, if you go back and look at the ruins, like, people are yoked on the. There's a lot of gas going Johnny's through. Johnny's huge on the there's, ruins. There's a lot of gas going through that that challenge time. Yeah, like, Johnny's huge on the ruins. Um, yeah, it's funny how you look through different times of the show and just, like, because, like, Wes on the ruins versus Wes on Battle of the Exes, the size difference is massive. Yeah, and then like uh, Wes on like what is it? Battle Rivals two when he's CT's partner, and he's like my size. <laughs> yeah, and he wins. So maybe, maybe the exercise wasn't all that worth it. Yeah, but even uh, like he's pretty he's pretty like cut on duel one, but he's not huge by any means. Like he's a muscular cut guy. Like he looks like a swear. He looks like Michael Phelps. He has that. He has that <laughs> sort of body. Yeah, and, and he's he's like he. He's pretty cut now if you go look at if you look at pictures of him. Sure, but like on the ruins and even Rivals One, he looks like a fucking professional wrestler. No, he's just bulky. Yeah. Like he he looks like maybe something else is going on there. He's doing a lot of working out, put it that way. <laughs> no, he, yeah, I mean he I feel weird making those claims about him because he he's been very adamant and uh 
rebuking those claims. I'm like, what, what do I know? I mean, look, I, like I have friends I know that work out a ton and they can get pretty beefy. So, yeah. And I, I know a couple of people who work out all the time and I know a few people who are on the gear. They're doing steroids. They're fucking huge. And they're way bigger than the other people who work out for exactly the same amount of time. What, um, what do you think your game plan would be physique wise? If you were going on the show, like what's the ideal physique you'd want to have? I actually think the bananas has the ideal physique where he has enough muscle and strength that, I mean, the, uh, the perfect amount of strength that you want, because, you know, the bigger guys are all like so much emphasis gets put, like even on this season, like, Oh, Fessy's such a good competitor. And even CT for so many years, like their size came in handy so often because people remember things like hall brawl. Like you're just not going to beat Fessy at hall brawl. That's not going to happen. But if it's anything else, you probably can beat him if your strength to weight ratio is better than his. And that's what Bananas has. Wes has it too. CT is surprisingly good at it, even still. Uh, it, it, like even looking at someone like Big T versus Anissa, like Anissa's way stronger than Big T, but Big T's strength versus her weight is much higher than Anissa's. I think strength to weight is a lot of what these competitions come down to. That's a good call. I think Johnny's a little bit, smaller these days than what i would think maybe i think more like turbo's body is what i would be going for yeah but i mean turbo was probably how old was turbo anyway do we do we is he sort of like a cuban baseball player like we just don't know he's like early 30s from reports i mean maybe they're wrong yeah so you know he's sort of like in peak age to be in physical condition as well and you know he does martial arts we saw that yeah i wonder if he'll be back i doubt it i'd like to see him back like Jordan is actually the perfect example of this because Jordan's not big whatsoever, but he's super fucking strong. I think Jordan's also like, a yeah, yeah I, you're, you're, you're weird. Jordan is overrated despite the fact that he fucking dominated. Unless you get him into a tug of war with Fessy where you really need two hands to do it. Like all of his missteps on the challenge have generally been exclusively. He had the one with bananas uh, where, you know, his punching power just wasn't as good to get through the wall. I remember him even when he made it to the finals of Rivals 2 with Marlon. Like, Marlon kind of sunk them because Marlon couldn't swim. But there was also another one on that where they had to do, like, balance beams and, like, switching hands trying to balance two-by-fours. He actually did it for a really long time. Like, almost everything directly related to his losses on the show have come as a result of him not having two hands. Everything else, he just wins. And most of the time, stuff that requires two hands he still wins that so my thing with jordan is just he's i think he's like the worst political player in like the history okay, of the no show. one cares he's like one of the we're not even t- we're talking about athletes here and what's the best body okay, well, he, okay then fine. What, just, what's just the best an athlete so so we talk about it. so this is your argument okay uh we're talking about what's the best challenge body you could have the best like shape you want to be in Jordan's not a good political player, though. What the fuck are you talking about, Rob? You pivoted to competitor. You said that you think he's an overrated competitor, which I was going to defend. Also, one thing that really bothers me about this, I'll call him an overrated competitor, and people will get really mad at me about it. I'm like, okay, so you're proving my point. Like, if I call him an overrated competitor, everybody agrees with me. No one ceases to be overrated. Does anyone agree with you that he's overrated? I would say that no one thinks he's overrated. They think he's one of the five best people ever. Okay, then I'm probably right, because if everybody, if nobody else is on that plane, there's not, like, everybody's rating him super highly at that point. Yeah, but you're not. You're the one who's being like, no, he's overrated. I think he's gotten into, like, War of the Worlds 2. Most seasons, if you completely alienated the massive power group in the house, you'd be in elimination every week. You would be have you would be every single week you'd be in elimination sure, if you're that and, much of an enemy. And, and but was, they're not incentivized to do that on that season. But but he what? Went into elimination three times and won all three times? He won twice. He won two eliminations. He goes up against Theo in the hammer elimination, but Theo clearly didn't know what he was doing, and he beats Josh. Okay. He beat Josh in a tug of war, which is kind of hilarious, despite being yeah, half but, his size and down one hand. 
Look, it's definitely an impressive win. We have seen the precedent with that elimination, though, specifically. The only other time they've done it was you, Devon Rob, you just World sound like a hater. It's okay not to like people. I have good reasons. You don't have good reasons. They're all just, I don't like Jordan. That That's basically what you sound like. I, I, I actually find him entertaining, but I think I think when he's that bad of a political but Also, like, if you were to put him up against, like, the other top 20 competitors, let's say, in eliminations, like a Hall Brawl or a Balls In. But why, wrestler, why, like does, why does it have to be Hall Brawl? So take Hall Brawl out of it and have every other elimination ever. Then well, the most common ones. So the two most common ones, like the, the, Balls the, the, In, the, Hall Brawl, Pole so Wrestle. Ba- balls In, he's fine. Um, I actually think he'd be really good at that. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm positive he would be. Um, also, the other two, like Hall Brawl, even though he is smaller, I could still see him getting upsets over bigger people. It depend on how big of a person he went up against. And if you're going to do like the X or whatever it is, like he's fucked in that. Like it's just, he can't do that one. I, I just think he has some massive, massive holes that if he's in a competition with like these other top level competitors on the show, he's going to have a massive problems. And he's also getting himself thrown in constantly. Like I, I think he just has a lot of holes that if he, we'll see how much more he's on the show. But if that's the case, I, I'm definitely shorting his odds to win. Well, I don't think that he's ever going to be invited back onto the show. Doesn't he have like a lot of problems? Yeah, he, he might have some uh, behind the scenes stuff where I don't know if he'll be back anytime soon. Yeah, so we might, uh, not, so we might never gonna see be, him again. This is going to be one of those LeBron versus Michael Jordan hypotheticals, I guess, where I'll, I'll be on one stance, unfortunately, never be able to be proven correct. I, I do like so. Like, according to you, Jordan is no good. Alton's no good. Who is good on this show? Right? I, I never said Alton was no good. He has one great season. He has a, he's a one-season wonder. But, but then who's good? I'm asking you. Who's like who's uh, good? Darrell. Darrell is somebody who I, I'm probably overweight on compared to other people. I think he's just so well-rounded compared to somebody like Jordan that he's amazing. But is he any better than Jordan, like well-rounded wise? Well, if we go through those really common eliminations, how, how many of them does Jordan beat Darrell in? I don't know. How many eliminations has Darrell ever actually won? Well, he's not in many of them because he's actually oh, good at staying wow. out of them, unlike Jordan. Okay. Um, I, I mean, was... he's beaten Zach and Paul Russell, beaten Johnny and Balls in. He lost to CT, but CT broke that one elimination. And he just um, lost to Corey. Okay, sure. Yeah, that, that last one wasn't great, but this is also like past his prime Darrell, unfortunately. And he also lost with Cara Maria on Fresh Meat 2. To... Cara's really bad in that elimination. No, it's, it's Cara's fault. It's not, it's not Darrell's fault. Of course, Rob. Of course. That wouldn't help your point now, would it? Well, see, again, I have reasons for my opinions. But, they're, but, they're not. but your, your opinion right? isn't just, yeah, no, Cara was bad in that one, not Darrell. Like, eh, they were both pretty bad. Well, if I thought Darrell they were, was They were problem, both pretty bad. I would, say that, I would say that Darrell and Jordan are probably... I mean, Bananas has to be pretty close because he's won seven times. But I would say that they're the two overwhelming favorites in any final that they're in. Uh, Landon as well. If he, and if and Landon, yeah, yeah. You're right. And Landon. So those three. Uh, Turbo is also hard. I mean, he won the hardest final ever. And it was against Theo, who was like the Olympic sprinter. West was very good in the final. I think he wins like against an average group of competitors. Um, so he's just, he's just more of a question mark where it's hard to say how much that plays going for because we've only seen him in one. Last guy that we didn't talk about. From CT's season of the real world. Real world Paris. It's Ace. He's back. I love Ace so much. He's so bad at the challenge, but I love him so much. Hopefully he has like an Inferno 3s type season where he can just hang around and be fun for a while. He, he has a really good time when he's on. Um, but yeah, it's, it is going to be hard too. Like for, it's been so long since so many people are on TV. Like, I think that's why we have the Anisas, the Jemmys, the John A's on, because we at least know, like, okay, they've been on TV somewhat recently. We know what they're going to be up to, at least. With Ace, like, I mean, I don't know, man. It's been since Inferno 3. 
Yeah, he's over 40. He's the same age as CT. Who knows what's going on with him? But I just like Ace. I think he's a he's a good time to have around. The alternates for this season are ridiculous and why they're not on the show. So, like, Cook is an alternate. She should be on. Casey is an alternate. She should be on. Uh, not Casey from this season. Like, Casey Cooper, the one who used to hook up with Bananas, mm-hmm. who sucks at the challenge, but it's a great time to have on. Uh, Abram was an alternate, wasn't he? Abram, there was apparently, I think there was some other issue with the alternate. Like, I think he, he has a wife now. Like, and again, with the COVID, like, there's just so many things that somebody could be left off for reasons we just don't know. Okay. I would have much preferred to see Abram on this season than even, like, Big Easy is, like, the really, like, glaring one. Like, I, I never needed to see Big Easy again. Not that I dislike him. It's just, it's the same. He has the same storyline every single time that it just gets tiring, uh, even after it's 10 repet- years. It's repetitive, and, like, Anissa's really good like at putting herself as like the narrator of other storylines or being sort of a background character. And so if she's not the direct like character and she's good at being in the background, Big Easy was never good at that at all. Big Easy is either like, he's either the main part of the show or he's not involved. And when he's the main part of the show, it's the exact same story every season. Now he's underrated. He's overlooked by everybody else. And then there's just some disaster that he ends up losing. Yeah. And I mean, you could almost throw Katie into the same bucket too, as she had the same storyline over and over, but she was always on these big team seasons. And that actually made a lot of sense. Like if it's an individual or like pair season, that won't be a storyline for her. It's not like, oh, we need to get rid of Katie. Like, who cares? Yeah. And she's, I I find her a more enjoyable character than like a Big Easy uh, just around the house. I think she's a bit better working in the background than Big Easy too. Like the one individual season we have with Big Easy, like Fresh Meat and Dual Big Easy, there's like nothing to write home about at all. Just from being in an individual season, there's he has like no storyline. Uh, Kahuto is also one of the alternates who didn't make it onto the main cast, who I would have enjoyed seeing. Because I think him and Ace are friends. Well, him, Ace, and Abram, I think by now, I forget if they're in business together, all three of them. But they definitely have a relationship between the three. Um, so, you know, maybe they didn't want a power alliance on. So we're like, we got to have Ace and then nobody else. All right. So let's end this with the people who are missing from this show and i'm not going to throw in like ct wes or bananas like i don't feel like they should qualify for this since they are still on the main show just like darrell and anisa are i suppose but it seems like at least darrell and anisa i guess ct is like of that generation too either way i'm not i'm not including those guys so from the female side missing i have tina coral jody my fave kina dean jillian paula Evelyn, Emily, Laurel, and Rachel, and Veronica. Like, that's a cast right there. And that, that could definitely, if us, if we have an All-Stars 2, that's definitely a pretty good-looking cast. Coral, I think, is really the one where, like, pretty much as soon as the format was announced, outside of Mark Long, Coral was the first name I thought of. Like, I thought, like, her and Mark Long could be, like, team captains or something and pick teams for this. Like, she was definitely one where she's the one I'm missing the most. Like, But I like Paula's great, too. Veronica, she's been on more recently than the other ones, but she'd still be fun to have on. So who am I missing from the guy's side of this then? Brad, Isaac, Landon, Frank, Frank, Abram, Timmy, your boy, Dan Renzi, and Kahata. Who, is there any glaring omissions there? A pretty good list too. I think they did a little bit better on the guy's side. There's not, I think there's also been more guys to kind of come in lately from like way back in the show and mix in. Whereas with the woman there, I mean, that hasn't happened as much. So there's more, there's not as many guys who like looking back on it that I would be missing. Somebody like Miz or Theo Vaughn, for example, they just have so much going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I, like I took I just took them off the list because there's no way. Yeah. They would ever, it's just like Evan and Kenny just aren't ever going to be on this show, so they're, you can't include them. Yeah, or like Jamie Chung, for example. Like, there's just no point in having my discussion. Do, do you actually come to think of it? Do you think that Kenny might ever come back? 
Because they had it's him just host. Not a question, I think I can answer. Honestly. But like, I, it, like I assume they had been like banished from all MTV challenge, whatever it might be. But Kenny was hosting like an after show for Jersey Shore at one point, like well after recently? the fact, like not like recently, recently, but like well after he had been banished by MTV. Like Evan's actually local to where I'm at right now. He runs like a marketing company. He ran some like Canadian dating show too, didn't he? Yeah, but I think that was around the same time he was on the challenge. Oh, okay. I thought that was after, but maybe not. Um, just Kenny's on like the Rivals 2. He has like a preview segment. He does for Rivals 2 as well, I believe. Look, I don't know. It's just, it's just that's one of those questions where I just am not privy at all to what production decisions production might make. There was a production assistant who said on an interview that she thought they might come back on. From my view, like I, I think there's plenty of other people we can have on besides them. Yes, but I mean, those would be two of the, they, pr- I mean, honestly, they probably don't want to just bring any attention to themselves. It would be my guess. Yeah. Like I, I don't see what they have to gain out of that. I mean, it's just like, I didn't include Camilla uh, as a part of the female cast. Just, I, I don't envision her. Ever she's also newer, but definitely no. Yeah. Like, uh, she's also definitely somebody I wouldn't want to see either. I don't know. I know Paul Shag uh, agrees with me on that one. Yeah. Paul, Paul was early on, on hating Camilla. Nailed it. <laughs> now you did yeah that's definitely one that they look back on you in favor paul so you came out looking good there is there any, i'm just racking my brain trying to think of like what other guys that could possibly yes paul can i get credit for being early on uh big t as well yeah you were big on big t although this still, is her seat like the season that's currently going on is her season does not, she ever she's do, not gonna win everything gonna say, does she ever really do, came into her own this season does she ever do better on a challenge season than she does on double agents? And we don't know what the result of double agents is yet. Tough, I'm going to say no. Tough scene. That, yeah, the elimination that she was in the other night uh, was pretty tailor-made for her to get the dub against Anissa. I, go, Susie, I guess Susie and Sarah would be the oh, other Oh, that's thing. a good call. Her and Sarah. That's yeah. a good call. For the female side. Just looking at... Just trying to scroll through here. X on the beach. Nah. Various... It's funny because although he's like new to the challenge, I feel like Kyle would fit in perfectly on the show. Yeah, do you think it'd be fun to like have two two or four like random newer cast members mixed in? Like can we have like Kyle Nelson and Big T show up and be part of this cast? No, just Kyle. Kyle feels like a, I think that's why Kyle is so popular amongst at least I think he is amongst people who like the old older people who still watch the challenge and like the challenge. He just feels like someone who was on the show 15 years ago. Well, like the groups he's usually working with tend to be the sort of the, the older guard. So that does make sense. Um, yeah, it's funny. He hasn't done like, it's not even like the extra press work though with him, right? It's not like he's like Johnny, like monetizing his Twitter like crazy. I mean, he's a British reality star, so they have a ton of following already. He just, for whatever reason, does it seem very good to be ingratiating himself with the Johnnies and the Wesses. He is, but just like his, even his whole persona on the show, although you know he's you know backstabbing and cutthroat and all this stuff, he actually seems to be one of the few people who seems like they're having fun. Like he doesn't seem like he's just a downer the entire time. Yeah, no, I think uh, he, he's been one of the better additions to the show over the past few years, you'd have to say. He's definitely somebody who checks pretty much all the boxes. He's not like a standout athlete. Like he's not even like Hunter, like in that regard. But he, you can, he's not like a bad competitor. Like I don't think anybody would say he's bad on the show. I think he's great in confessionals, creates drama, does political stuff. Like he's, he's doing everything. Yeah, no, I, I – uh... And big. Oh, man. Could they get Karamo back? Then he can avenge himself from Inferno 2? 
No, we would see how it goes. Like, or is, or is he? That's is, the thing. Would you he, want to see like a John Brennan or something weird like that? Back? No, not really. Like, is Karamo too big to come back and do the show? Uh, but I mean, he's still working with MTV, right? No, he's working with Netflix. Oh, it's with Netflix now. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe so then. Uh, he he might be too big. Like on the Inferno two like cover, like when you click on, it, I'm pretty sure at least at first, like Karamo was the featured player who was up there as like the selling point. If you've never seen the challenge uh, to draw people in Karamo was, it was just like, Oh, Karamo's on this. Yeah. I'll watch this. Like he's the legit star. So it's funny with that season, they have him and Jamie Chung to choose from. They choose him. I guess probably keep it in the Netflix family, but like, I don't know. Queer Eye is huge again and he's the main guy on it. Yeah. He's a, he's a pretty big name. I think, yeah, he's probably a little bit too big. And I'm really trying to rack my my brain for these guys. Like, I really don't I, have. I got I got two on either side. Actually, three on two. No Julie, who was just a like classic nutbag, yeah. who would be perfect. Robin, no Robin. Like, how do we forget Robin? Yeah, Julie. Julie's a good call. Robin, I never like. I could take her leave. Robin. Julie's a good call though. She should be back. Uh, no MJ on this season. Yeah. He was never that big of a name on the challenge, though. Like, he feel like he's a bigger real-world name almost than a challenge name. What do you mean? Like, he's more known for his real-world season than his stuff on the challenge. Like, he was never that big of a character on the challenge, really. I mean, he he has a challenge victory. I th- He won Gauntlet, too, didn't he? Yeah, he wins Gauntlet, too. But, like, at that point, like, should Jamie Murray be on the show? He was on three seasons, won all three of them. No, but I, I feel like MJ was a bit more recognizable than that. Like, he was, like, a real... I remember when him and Nehemiah got brought in on Duel 2. It was like, oh, shit, MJ is here. Like, he was... Although he wasn't a great competitor, he was seen as a really good competitor. And he was... I think he was the first uh, to be doing it for his kids, too. So he was a trailblazer that way. Ahead of the game there, at least. Yeah, uh... He was okay. Like he, he was a fine competitor. I, I if he was on, it would definitely wouldn't be something. You, you at least have more of a track record for him than like a Terrian or yes. So he's got more going for him in that regard. Uh, I guess the other ones would be like Adam King. You could technically talk yours. He was. I, I don't. Mean I, I I don't like Adam King either. But he was a big part of the show for a long. Like he's involved in one of the top five challenge moments that stick out in people's mind of all time. Yeah, but like, I, look, I, I, he's definitely somebody I'm not clamoring to. I, I think the rest of your list is much better than uh, than Adam King. Um, well, so we're probably not going to bring back a beast. That's probably not um, going to happen. Uh, what? Do, oh, what? How? How do you not have Danny on this season? Danny, yeah, Danny, I mean, like, I'd rather have him than Big Easy. Danny can strut in, and be like, "I'm the best at this," and he just goes home first every time. Exactly, he can be like threatening to take, you know, Mark Long and Derek into elimination, and then just get sent home. What did I he would say? definitely prefer him over Big Easy. What did he say? What fresh meat was it where he wasn't sweating Two. Landon in the finals? He's like, "Oh yeah. yeah, like we don't need to worry about Landon. Like I'll just take him." It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> idiot yeah he's telling wes and evelyn let's keep landing around as the fourth team in a final i think we can i, I can take landon in a final so uh, all right pal we'll see how that works out i i feel like even those two during the conversation evelyn and wes both looked at each other like are, are you serious yeah I, the most delusional cast member right danny oh a hundred percent you could have put shane on this season shane i don't think will be back but um yeah he, i would have enjoyed seeing him but i definitely don't think he'll be back you don't think that he'll be back on this show or the actual show? I, I, any MTV program. Oh, is he just done with MTV? He, he's had some pretty public disputes with their production department. I don't think he'll be back. All right. Anything else? No, I think we covered it. I, like I said, I think this guy's cast in particular is pretty good. I'm pretty excited for this cast. Uh, 
Look, I'm, I, I just like just the general concept of the show. So they could put pretty much anybody on and I'm going to watch. Uh, but w- with these names, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Oh, shit. What was the uh, from Inferno 2? The girl who was on the Road Rules team that was really good. What the hell was her name? Holly. Oh, Holly Shand. Yeah. We're not getting her. I mean, not now. Maybe she could come back to look. We've seen that they're willing to bring back some pretty indiscriminate names. So look, we, we could just have any of these people show up and we just don't know. Kendall was on that season too, Inferno 2. Yeah. And for Inferno 1. Am I? Oh, yeah. I am looking. I am looking. They're both on Inferno 1. I keep getting those two confused for whatever reason. Anyway, that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Check out the Challenge Chronicles with Rob McIntyre, Trace Armstrong, and Devin Jordan recapping each of the shows. You can watch the Double Agents reviews up on Mayo Media Network, but you can also subscribe to them underneath the Challenge Chronicles as well. And they've done reviews of a lot of old seasons, episode by episode. Highly recommend you go back and listen to those as well. So subscribe to the podcast. You can, oh, guess who just emailed me rob who the miz really yeah ask if he's gonna be on the all-star season two i I should but we're arguing about what time to start this fantasy draft oh what is he saying miz says just let me know when i'm up and i will pick asap let's fucking go and get this started what uh what fantasy league is it uh it's something called the league of leagues where we draft baseball football and basketball all in one miz won two years ago Oh, good for him. Fantasy baseball, shouldn't fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball just be best ball at this point? Shouldn't they just be optimized lineups? That's just so much maintenance. Yeah, that's it's why I don't play them outside of this, but I, I'm very anti-best ball, so that's me. It's for losers who have nothing to do with their time. How is it for people who have nothing to do with their time? I have stuff to do with my time. I can't afford to be checking my lineups every day. Yeah, but you can afford to enter 300 best ball drafts whenever you have some downtime. You're like, oh, I'm so smart. I drafted this guy. I have so much of him in my portfolio. Like, come on, fuck off. Pick. See, see when you're complaining about me being like inside baseball with the challenge, that's definitely you being inside baseball with like fancy football punches. Because for me, it's just like, I don't know. It's just pops no, up be, every now be, and then on my be, phone. Best, best ball is way more inside than like regular fantasy. What are you talking about? Well, what, what I'm saying is, like, I feel like you get probably annoyed with it because, like, like the f- typical fantasy football thing is, like, oh, don't take him in redraft, but take him in best ball, which doesn't even really make sense, and people say that all the time. Um, but for me, it's just fun to, like, have on the side. Like, I have, you know, I can do, like, 50 of those and just not have to check them afterwards. I just like drafting. I like football. I like fantasy football. But I don't have time to check 20 different lineups. Yeah, just play DraftKings. I barely have time to do DraftKings. How do you have barely time to do DraftKings? It takes less time than best ball drafts. No, because the best ball, like, I just come up when it's my turn. I see who's on the clock, see who's on my roster, then I pick somebody. Yeah. DraftKings has to be up to date on, like, lineup management. I have to be updated on injury reports. It, I have to be checking it takes like, five kickoff. minutes tops to fill out a lineup. Oh, but yeah, but you have all this information handy towards you, all these experts. I don't have all these privileges, Patrick. You, you do. You, you just text me and be like, oh, what's going on? I know, but you're, you're a very busy man. I don't need to be bothering you with all this stuff. Like, uh, I, for but, me, but, best ball is a very do, convenient thing. Yeah, just, you don't have the guts to get a start-sit decision wrong. Sorry. It's not even the start system. I can do that. It's no, just I don't you, have time you, to do this you, all this You just don't have the guts. You don't want to be a loser. You'd be like, oh, yeah, well, I drafted that way back in May. I don't even care about that team. That's why I lost. That's you. Well, I mean, it's the, the, the star sit stuff is like neither here. I actually had one league last year where we did it that uh, we just did optimized lineups throughout because with COVID, we didn't know how things were going to play out. It was interesting to have on the side. I actually think it's more competitively rewarding for like people who know what they're doing than normal would. Sure. Okay. Anyway, 
Rob MC at Rob MCI sixteen on Twitter. Is it sixteen? Yeah. Should I change that? Because the I and the sixteen look pretty similar. Well, uh, you can consult Paul on this one, who I once told to change his Twitter handle. More or less followers now, Paul. I mean, naturally, I probably would have just accrued more followers over the course. Like this was like back in university or college, so it was like eight years ago, nine years ago when Pat told me to do it. But it was at Shauna Seed, which my last name is not easy to spell at the best of the times. And then there was E-D at the end of it. Um, changed it to Paul Shag, and the rest is history, really. So, so but I don't, do you have, like, you should call yourself, like, Mini Cust. Yeah, Mini Cust or Spoiler Rob. That, that would definitely. Spoiler Rob. I'll look to see if that's uh, anybody has that handle for you. See, there you go. I, see, if I do that, I get tweeted a bunch of things at me that I really don't want. Yeah, but. People already assume you look at spoilers anyway, so what would be the difference? Do people really assume that? Yes, like, has that my track do. record of losing all these challenge bets proven that to be false? No, because we know that you're intentionally losing those. That's where you're like, let's do it for a dollar. So, so my, no, I'm the one who's always upping the price on these things. People are always wanting to do like five bucks for this, uh, I mean, for these challenge bets. Not um, with me. You owe me a bunch of money. How much money do I owe you? Uh, like a thousand bucks or something? Isn't that what we bet? We uh we bet fifty Pure bucks on West versus CT fantasy points. What else did we bet on? The I, I think that was just it. Um, no, Lolo versus Natalie as well, and I won that. What did we bet? I think we bet fifty bucks on that one too. But like, was it like fantasy points or was it length on the show? What no, that, that would be who would make it the farthest. Okay, so yeah, but I like intentionally avoided most of those bets because I think it's a bad metric to use for a bet. I think fantasy points is a much better metric. When yeah. did we make this bet? Uh, on the, like the season of show or when we were offline like the one it? we did with tony no i don't know about that maybe or we just made oh, go up. back and rewatch our, i don't remember this bet i think i thought we made a lolo versus cam bet no we made a lolo versus natalie bet because you were all big on natalie because she was on survivor and the reason I that i that and natalie the reason and the reason that i wanted to do who went farther in the game rather than fantasy points could you do the fucking fantasy points well I think I, the reason why I do them is because I value them as a metric. I'm not going to do this dishonestly. No one believes that. That's why people want to throw you off buildings. I mean, that's true. I think most people just think I don't put as much effort into it as I do. You probably put too much effort into it. That's the problem. Evidently, I'm not doing enough because I'm still getting many death threats constantly. So, All right. So send your death threats to Rob at RobMCI16 on Twitter. Play in the Challenge Fantasy League. Click on the link in the description of the video and podcast. Free to play. And it takes literally two minutes to pick a team. So you might as well do it. Premieres April 1st on a Thursday. Remember to smash the like. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Join that newsletter. Like I said, if you want to get into a draw for 100 bucks, And that'll do it. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 